There it is, kids. We're here. Look, we made it. It is this is a new time. We have not been this late in the day. Why does this look kind of cloudy? I look like kind of mystical right now for some reason on here. And like and like an Olin Mills kind of way. I'm not gonna touch, it's gonna mess everything up. However, we have not been this late in the day on purpose in years. This used to happen at it was like seven o'clock at night, then it changed to five o'clock at night, then it was one, then it was 1:30. And I keep telling people we moved this because of my church. Um, so blame the church if, if this is an issue. But um, they had to move their time back. We didn't get out of there till like 1:20 today. And I was like, bro, like they were going full, like we were pretending we were Baptists today or something. We're like, been the back those of you that have been to a Baptist church, you know, don't you don't really know how long they're gonna go. They could just be it could be two hours, it might be four, might you might come back later on that day. Who knows? Um, thank you, love. Oh, I got the oh, sixers. Oh, um, so uh I really am hoping that there are some folks in here that um that maybe don't usually get to be a part of this live, and now you do get to be a part of this live, and so if you are new. Or if you've, it's just been a minute since you've caught us on the live tip here. Um, thank you, love. We need coffee. I'm so tired today. I don't know what it is. I had a good night's sleep. I had a great morning. I've eaten and I am just like exhausted. However, here we go. If you haven't been here in a while, just put a cue in the, in the comment section or the word question and then write your question as a reminder, right? Some people take us up on this. Some folks, look, I'm, in, I'm with, Here's the thing that I'm getting at. I'm getting ahead of myself. We're willing to talk about just about anything, right? If I don't know the answer, that's fine. So don't just ask me questions that you think I might have an answer to. Um, I'm willing to go anywhere with you. And if I don't know, I'm just going to tell you or I'm going to defer to all the people in the audience, right? Because this is a communal thing that we're doing here. We really believe in our hearts that teaching is a communal activity and that when we do this work together, um, it helps us to to it helps us when we are having a hard day, but it also helps us to celebrate with someone. And if you've ever had to celebrate by yourself, it's not very fun. One time I went to the Grand Canyon. I got there in the middle of the night, slept in my car. It was below 30. I think it was 22 degrees outside. I didn't even have pants with me. I just had shorts. So I wore many layers of shorts. This is beside the point. Woke up in the morning. I was very, very excited to be at the Grand Canyon and I had no one to take my picture. And this is back in the day when you had to have a camera. <laughs> so I remember I put the timer on the camera and I stuck it in a bush. So I have a picture of me at the Grand Canyon with shorts on and a winter coat and it's crooked because <laughs> that's why friends. we're here. That's why we're here <laughs> together. All right. So um, take any questions that you got. And remember, gang, if this is a, this is also, this is streaming on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Twitch, and it gets turned into a podcast. So if you ever need it, just so you know, is this something that is like easily shareable it's right on, uh, you can go right to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Or it's literally anywhere you could catch a podcast. This thing is beaming around too. So does it look foggy on your end? No. I feel like I look like I'm in Olin Mills picture from like 1987. Like there might be a version of me that yeah, just. No, it doesn't look like that over up here, here at all. some point. All right, cool. You got any questions for me? I do. It's Wendy. than I thought it was going to be. We just got, we just, just walked in the door from Joanne Fabric. Wendy is up first asking, I've interviewed twice in my district for an instructional coach position. Both times I was highly praised, but the job went to a pre-selected candidate. How do you uh, beat the system? The fact that there's a pre-selected candidate, it's like, why do we have the interviews anyway? If you right. already were going to. Well, they were just making sure their pre-selected candidate didn't uh, that beat everybody out that interviewed, I guess. So, Wendy, I think there's two things here. There's just a few things here, right? Um, so let's start with what I think is probably the more logical. Well, like, no, I won't say logical. It is like uh, the non-woo-woo answer. The non-woo-woo answer is, one, Steve Martin had this quote, Steve Martin, the comic and TV movie guy. Someone asked him, how do you make it in comedy? And one time he said, the only way to do it is to be so good they can't ignore you. And so I think that that's part of it. Um, I would, and I don't know your story. That's kind of the hard part of this sort of scenario is like, I, I can't hear back like a little bit more from what you're saying, but like, are you already doing some of the work and then have that be amplified, right? Like, how can you like 
if I'm playing the game, I want people to know that I'm doing coaching. I'm already talking to other teachers. I'm already helping them with their instructional practice. I'm already getting them connected with resources and all the things. It's just a thing I do. It's a natural extension of who I am. So if I'm already doing that, but not too much so that the school sees that I'm doing it for free, it's like, this is, you know, Wendy's a natural fit to do this because she's already doing it anyway. And the teachers love her and whatever. That's one, I think, piece of this. The other is, I guarantee whoever was pre-selected is because of a relationship. I think nine times out of 10, when I see people who get the job, it's because of who you know. And I've only ever applied to, uh, that's not true. There have been several jobs I've been offered in the past, but it's all from schools that already knew who I was, that already knew. And this is like, this isn't YouTube knew who I was. This is like, um, I had a friend that taught there. I knew somebody else that, you know, worked there. I know it's whatever it's, it's a relational thing. So it's, it's playing that game and, and making those relationships um, so that you stand out when someone is even thinking of something, that relationship piece is there. What's up love. I think the other part is if, if, since you know that that's the game, beat them. I, I don't, I actually disagree with you. I wouldn't even go through all that. I do think it's relationship. I think it's John Lopez in the comments uh, hit the nail on the head for me. He said, sometimes the interviews are nothing more than smoke screens because a candidate has already been chosen mm -hmm. and folks are going to just go through the motions. Like it's a requirement. So if you know that, if you've been burned by that, if you know that your school does that, I just beat them at their own game and go, um, could you let me know? Like, is there, I would ask, like, is there a pre-selected candidate on board like yeah because i don't even want to interview if that's the thing if we're just going through the motions and doing it like it's, it's just a waste of your, your time really when your time could be put into doing the things that you're there to do which is help students yeah um so i don't i don't know that's kind of how i would go so i don't what, know what, I, what are you disagreeing with me about exactly meaning like i would just well i wasn't totally listening sorry i think i would my answer though is just i wouldn't uh just beat them and ask them. Like I would just jump to the punch to me. If you know that your school does that, yeah. I, it's probably not a good tactic really, but that's at least in my, I agree. But there's a part of me that wants to like, those odds are like, Oh, you really? like that. Yeah. Like you, like you don't want to pick me. Let me be so good that you're going to go, man, we really, we really probably could have picked Reynolds. Um, yeah, because I really think the yeah. the interviews are probably although it's a they have someone pre-selected, yeah. I think if they found someone better than their pre-selection, they would pick that person. Yeah. I would hope, but I don't know. I don't even like the game. It just like it it would make me mad that I would yeah. go ask and say, Hey, is there someone already pre-selected for this position? But that's how it is in business too. I guess, and I yeah. like the game in business. It's like I like the razzle dazzle and figure Maybe. this out. I'm gonna like I I think it's kind of fun. Um but but I think the other side of me, the faith side would be that maybe this isn't your moment, that maybe you're not, this isn't your time. And so I would look for the next opportunity to do the same work that you want to do, but like literally sitting down and thinking out and writing down, what would I need to do to get better to be able to make this happen? What are the connections I would need to make? Who are the people that I would need to know? What question could I answer better? What... Uh, what could I have on my resume that might end up getting that? And and so kind of maybe looking at some of that stuff too um, and looking at this as like a, maybe this isn't a, I don't know, I'm stealing this from someone. Maybe this isn't a period, maybe it's a comma. And so it's, it's looking forward and thinking, who do I need to become so that I will undoubtedly get it next time? And just, I would move in, in faith in, in that this is not maybe the right time for me to do this. Yeah, I think that's a great answer that's what another uh commenter suggested as well which i thought was good advice cool all right next up is nicholas uh question i i quit coaching and i feel admin is totally ignoring me since not sure how to react nicholas i think uh i've been there when i've stepped away from any number of things over the years i, I think when i started teaching i'll give you one really good example when i started teaching i taught at the school in camden and the the administrators had a band uh, so it was like the guy who was in charge of like um, uh, instructional coach, the curriculum developer, the CE, the co-CEOs of the school, the principal, the vice principal, they all had a band and they didn't have a drummer. So I got a job there. And I think part of the reason I got the job, to be honest with you, is because I played drums. And so 
they asked me to be in this band, but then they would call, they would pull me out during the day. They'd be like, yo, fourth and fifth period today, we're having practice. What guys, I got a class fourth and fifth period. Don't even worry about it. We're going to have someone come in and cover your class. No, but I have like a whole less, like, I'm like, I'm like, what? Like, I'm, do, I'm doing the main thing. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? And so that happened, started happening so frequently. And I felt bad for if I would tell them that I couldn't go to practice because then they couldn't really practice. But then it was like, no, this isn't what I, I didn't get in the education so I could play in your band. I got in like, if we want to do after school, fine. But like, I don't want to miss classes. And because of this, so I eventually backed out and I feel like I got dogged repeated, like every single thing. There's a number of things I talk about. So I don't talk about that in my book, but in my book, I talk about how I used to do the, and I do not advise these super secret class trips where I would meet kids places because I couldn't get the permission from the school to do it for, and it was only for dumb reasons. It wasn't for anything actually good, but I think some of that was because I quit their band. So what I have to remember is that um, if I need admin for students and they're ignoring me, I need to put, I need to preface it with, I'm, this isn't for me. I don't need help in my classroom. I don't need help with instruction. I don't need help with supplies. I don't need help with anything. But you know what? This child's having a really hard time uh, in my class right now. They're having a hard time finding uh, a to get in the flow. They're having a far, hard time finding success and staying still and not being belligerent. Like if there's a kid that's getting in trouble and you need help from administration, it's I have a student that's having a hard time with this, not me. Um, and, you know, one of my mentors reminded me today that uh, if there's people that you are not that are are upset with your choices in life or especially within the work realm i need to remind myself that as a teacher when other teachers don't like me right and there's been a lot of teachers that have not liked me i won't say a lot i'm not going to put that number on there but like there's been a noticeable right and significant enough that i remember them teachers that like either vehemently did not like my practices or were just like indifferent about me like they just thought whatever uh and that hurts my feelings but i have to remind myself that you're not why i'm here anyway you're not even my assignment my i'm here for kids education's only ever about students and as long as i have a a, a group of people that i connect with whether it's online or in person and i'll tell you that has been different times at different times in my career right like we're like the online community my people online were were in greater number than the people in the building. And so if I have those folks to pull from, then I'm straight. I'm not here for you anyway. So whether you ignore me, whether you don't like me, whether you're indifferent about me, you're not my assignment anyway. And I think that's just a, a reminder to ourselves that we have to remember that education is only ever about students. I'm only here to help kids. And so again, this might be a question that has like a little bit more nuance to it or a little bit more to it. Um, but that's my off the dome answer. All right, up buddy. next is technically it's Steph Shook, but John is going to post for her today since she's not around. Um, asking, how can I help support my co-teacher and students when I am required to be on at home on bed rest? Um, I don't think you do. So, I, Steph, I would say if you're supposed to be resting, then rest. Um, I, I am mm. a true believer. It, now, look hit me up if this is slightly different, right? Like, so if this is, um, you're supposed to be doing some work from home, uh, that's fine. Like I I'm willing to do that, but I sometimes look at like getting sick as a blessing. And although when I had COVID, um, my poor wife had to go sleep out and outside of Best Buy. That's right. You got COVID literally the week before Christmas. I did. I did. That was nice. It was a good gift. Thank you for that Christmas yeah. gift for so me. Can you put your muffs on for a second? Um, <laughs> I had the most restful week I can remember in recent history, like in years. Oh my god! I, I just was watched TV. Frantic that I week. watched TV. I watched YouTube. I just ate whatever, like food, and I was just chilling. Except for a sore throat, it was so wonderful. And so, if you need the rest, if you've had, like, I know, like last year was a hard go with with school and things, like. Just take the rest and rest and then go back and then you're going to do it. Your job is not to take care of things now. That's your administration's job is to like fill in the gaps where you are when you're gone. Um, but feel great so that when you go back, you're not filled with anxiety 
and you're still depleted because you didn't get the rest that you needed. Like I, I say rally, get your, get yourself together and then go back in explosively. But so flip it. If she is at home, but needing to support. I would do things at a minimum. Um, you could email parents, like things, think of things that you like, you wish you had more time for, right? So there's a co-teacher at school. And to be honest with you, I never like had a, I've never had a co-teacher in my life that things were like the worst when they weren't there. Right. Like I can still do this by myself. It's just nice. And even my favorite co-teachers, like even when, uh, Kayla was in my class with me and Fines was in my class and Yonkers, like they made life better by being there but I was still okay if they weren't there. So, but what could I have done? What would have been nice if, if they like for someone to fill in, it's always special ed paperwork. It's emails home to parents. It's updating parents on grades and things of that nature. It's emailing, maybe looking at kids' grades and seeing what students are missing a lot of stuff, reminding them about stuff. Um, it's maybe it's, I think it's logistical stuff. Like let your co-teacher, if, if this is part of the gig, be at school teaching. They're still going to have to grade everything because unless it's all online. Um, but then you're allowing them to just do that piece. And you're taking away some of those logistical pieces that don't, that aren't necessary for you to be in the building to do them. That's what I would do. All right. Our next question is coming from Heather. She's asking, I just successfully organized an awesome staff trip to a twilight tour of the tower of London. Pause. I know, right? Right there. Come on. Well, I think this is the, her question. She said they even, loved it. Great for teacher morale. How do I top this for the next one? What was your best trip? Gosh, Heather, this is. We never got to plan a teacher morale, like something for teacher no. morale, which would be really awesome. No. I can see you being creative with that. But... I mean, we did used to have really good Christmas parties. Like we went to the 76ers game. Oh, that it's one a was a basketball fun. game. I went to Philly. that one, yeah. Um, and it was a little bit too much free drinks. Uh, for for people, and then we went to the Xfinity Center across the street. Well, that was a separate and went like bull riding on one of those mechanical sure, that's bulls. Not, that's not the part of the teacher story that you're supposed to tell. Oh, it was fun. That was the after after. I have videos <laughs> of everyone. Um, so the so I think first of all, the fact can we all just like take a note from Heather Andrews that teacher morale trips are a great idea, mm. that class trips are a great idea, that organizing something and then. And then here's what I love about this so much too. The, I did this awesome thing, right? Which that's a friggin' we've been to that place, right? Yeah. We've been to the tower of London, not at night. And it is incredible. And then to think, how can I top this next time? It's like, a good problem to have. It's a like... great problem to have. And I'm so excited. Um, you should come to Philadelphia next time. And, <laughs> and I will take you out, out on, on a trip. Um, I think, how do you top it next time? It's not always necessarily, I think, Heather, where you went or what you did. It's what did it evoke in everyone? Like, what was so special about it? Was it? I mean, like, Tower of London, checkmark. Great, very cool place to go. Um, at night, oh, yeah, e like, super fun. But what was it about the, the evening that made it so special for everyone? And can we do that again? Was it small groups? Was it evoking everyone's like, was, was it, it like fun and laughter? Yes. Like what and, was and the carrying thing that, like, on? Yeah. Like, what were you doing? Our That's school has done. I mean, one year we went to a comedy show. We used to go bowling all the time at the super hip bowling place in Philly, which sounds pretty lame, but like we had like this, it was like four or five lanes upstairs to ourselves. We had our own bar with our own bartender. We had really good food and pool tables and it was, it was fun. Um, they've done escape rooms for, for folks. And this, these are all part of like Christmas celebrations. It's not like a morale thing necessarily, but I, I just think like London is, I mean, there's endless cool stuff to do in London. I mean, it, like it's one of my favorite places I've ever been in my life. So it's, how can we do this thing? And I would build this, I would start weaving this narrative. I think Heather, I would start weaving the narrative that, yo, we could have fun anywhere. Like we could literally do anything and have fun that's how our staff rolls we just love being around one another and then like we go to these cool places and it's explosive um it's kind of like here in in the u.s uh, my family loves disney and so if we ever go to disney world in florida when, when i was younger we just we knew we ruled the park 
Like we were going to have more fun than every other family there. And now when our family went a few years ago, my wife and two kids, um, we just, that was how we were rolling too. Like we, that's what we were instilling in our kids. Like, yo, no one's going to have more fun at Disney this weekend than we are. Like, we're just going to run the park. And it's building that kind of culture so that you don't have to pick the right place and thing. It's the, yo, we just love, we just love being around each other. And, and so that's how we're doing it. But fantastic, man, that's awesome. Okay, yeah, I want to go, I want to be a teacher at that I know. school. Heather, me... <laughs> you guys hired? <laughs> yeah, you guys uh, keynote speaker this summer? <laughs> All right, uh, John Fox is up next. It's a two-parter. He's asking, I'm so unhappy at my current school, oh, man. mostly due to a toxic coworker and admin. Won't do anything about it. I'm applying to other positions. If I'm asked in an interview why I'd be willing to leave in the middle of the school year, what can I say? I think, John, I'm really thinking about this because I think I saw something in the Facebook group. I know you talked about this the other week about a coworker, and I think I saw something in the Facebook group about it as well. Um, I, I think you've been through so much personally. And this is like you like I'm not going to share your story, but like, you know what I'm talking about. You've been through so much personally in the last several years that it's if I'm looking at your situation, even and after you have gone through the things that you've gone through, I'm not about to waste time working at a school that like I'm all I'm trying to do is do be the best for kids. That's it, man. And I know that that's what's in your heart, right? You're you, you want to do what's best for kids and to be the teacher you are called to be based on what's best for kids, not, not even just what's best for you. And so if I'm thinking about that person, that person doesn't stick around at a school. I'm, I, I am so beyond, unless you cannot move, right? You are like, you are, there's nothing around for 50 miles and you're in the middle of Kansas, New Mexico, Arizona. You're in a place where like, there's not an easy, like there aren't other schools to go to. I'm just at a place in my life where I'm just not suffering fools anymore. I want to be part of a community that is looking to uplift and unlock the, the all the specialness that is in, in the children that we're working with. And so if I'm working at a school that doesn't want to do that, I'm not willing to just stay there for the kids, right? It, it is, and and that's that. I can feel there's like a friction inside of me that I can feel when I say that because it is not where I always have been. But I just think, to be honest with you, life is too short, and so I want to be somewhere where I'm not just celebrated, but I can be a part of a celebration every day, where I can be a part of, even if it's difficult, right? Like my school in West Philadelphia was difficult. There were there was violence everywhere. There's a lot of stuff going on in the community. There were a lot of issues at any given time, but I had my team. And with that team, we were able to do incredible things. I was able to be a part of incredible things. And so this idea of me just sticking it out for the kids or me, like I want to be a part of something bigger than just myself. So I don't want to show up and just be the, the one teacher. I don't want to be the savior. I don't, I, that's not interesting to me. I want to be a part of the community that is up raising children. Cause I think that's such a good example too. Um, what a poor example your school's setting right now for not backing you. And what is that showing students that like teachers can act the way that this person is you're referring to, and then like get away with it. What? Like if a kid did that, they'd be suspended. So at the least have detention, they, should, you know, I don't know. We have teacher detentions now, but <laughs> I would, Look for somewhere and say, look, I, I just I've been through. Here's my life in the last few years. And I am really looking to be a part of somewhere that um, aligns with my values, aligns with I, I can I believe in what they're doing ethically um, and is really doing all they can to help students be as successful as humanly possible. And so. That's why when I looked up your school and all, all the things I normally say, right, do your due diligence, looking up that school, seeing what they're what they're good at, seeing what the, what's happening there, seeing how you could see yourself as a part of their school. Yo, because I saw you guys are doing this, 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 this and this. And man, oh, I have this passion for this or I've taught this or I think we could do this together. And I'd love to talk to your to your curriculum developer. And we're going to like it's how can I see myself interwoven into the fabric of your school and that I think that's where I would go 
with this. I think that's a great avenue. I love the spinoff of like life is it is really like and when you get a glimpse of that, like life is too short to sit yeah. and suffer through something. And yeah, for what? Right. I think most people can relate to that. And it really like calls the it's not talking about like all the drama, all the stuff. Yeah. It like shortens it. Nice, like, like sweet answer. Here's the other thing, too. What if in the grander scheme of things, this is all the time you were supposed to be at that school? Right. Like when I taught in Camden, it was horrible. It was even worse than West Philly. I mean, it was deplorable. I'm mean, not, not worse than it was not worse than West Camden Philly. was actually better than when I left West yeah. Philly. Right. That's why I didn't leave. West Philly is like two different schools. Like oh, it seems it's like it's night and day. Right. So but um, when I left, it was like, well, maybe that is all the time I was supposed to spend here. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I keep up with a lot of those students, a lot of them. I just so. think, I think you get attached to students. Well, I'd imagine I'm not a teacher, you but you get attached to students in a way that makes it so, so hard to leave. But the honest to God truth is there are millions of kids everywhere. There's, there's so many kids at all these different schools that need help. It's, it, and so I think that can be just a, a tricky trap that we, we set with our own minds. John, you'll see if you get a job at this other place, uh, I'm going to say when you get a job at this other place, there will be students that you know in an instant, oh, this is who I'm supposed to be here for. Yeah. This is it. Absolutely. But then when you leave that school, I mean, look, when we went back um, to Boys Latin a few weeks ago. It was just Friday. Uh, or, oh, it was last Friday, was, I think. Uh, yeah. Oh, it was night, two weeks two ago? Two weeks ago. Um, when Coates saw me in the mm -hmm. hallway and like screamed and his mom Ran came down, over yeah. and he was like, Mr. Reynolds is here. Ah! Starts <laughs> running down the hallway. And then. The admin just looked at yeah, me like, like you can always go back to an old school if there's students that are that have your heart yeah. there. But that that was hard for me. Like when we left, I was like, man, I don't like. Yeah. I you know you do miss them. But oh, absolutely. Go ahead. Um, all right, Dana is up next, asking, "How do you make sure that a student with mental health issues, potential depression, gets help if your colleagues, including the school psychologist, think you are overreacting?" That's a hell of a question. Um, wow. My, my question is, why do they think that you're overreacting in regards to what the student? So here's what I would do, Dina. I would just, I would act like I'm not making a big deal out of it, right? So what you want to do is to the best of your ability, separate your emotion from fact. And so, because when we attach our emotion to it, then that's where the overreacting comes from. But if we just stick to the facts, it's just documenting things. So when we document things, they're not just about getting people in trouble. It's about holding people accountable. And so when I document things, I want to, it's almost reads like a police report, right? Like this is what day and time it was. This is the, what I witnessed. This is what happened. This was the result and down the line. So if you start to document things um, and then think about who it needs to be CC'd or, or BCC'd on that email too. So are we sending it to the psychologist? Are we sending it to the special education department? Are we sending it to the assistant principal, to the dean, to the parent, to the guardian? Who are we involving in that? Because I think through that documentation, what you're going to be able to do is, is it's like you're basically creating a clear cut case um, as to what needs to be done. Um, it's worth asking yourself if you are overreacting, like do the folks that you're dealing with have more experience? Have they seen this sort of thing before? And it's not really, it's not really that big of a deal and they know it maybe. So I would maybe sit down and say like, Hey, I'm just still curious. Like this, these are the behaviors I'm seeing in class. Um, and what do you think about this? But I'll tell you what, in the world that we live in right now with as dangerous as things are. And, you know, I, I don't want to draw like to the extreme right here, right? Like, like this isn't the news. Um, but we have seen behaviors in students and, and every time someone does something disastrous, they always trace it back and go, well, how did we not know that this was happening? So it's really like, and I'm not, I'm not even saying the document to cover your own butt in that regard. I'm saying what you're doing by documenting is, is shining a light, shining an awareness on that. And, not being a, the the key part here is like not being afraid that something like you're going to get in trouble or something. It's like, nope, I'm just, I'm, I'm a mandated reporter. These are the behaviors that I'm seeing. They make me feel uneasy. I'm following my intuition. I'm following the school protocol and I'm documenting this stuff. Um, short of that, I think I would talk to some other trusted teachers. Like does that student have 
other teachers that you are that you get down with and asking like hey do you see these behaviors like being exhibited in class and like what do you think about this so it's like starting a conversation around the student and maybe like what you all could do to help some of that too because look i'll tell you right now there's always the meeting in school and then there's the meeting afterwards so like we'll have a staff meeting and then maybe 10 of us stay behind and then those we meet again about like all right what are we really going to do about this and then those folks leave and then there's three of us that are like all right what are we really really going to do about this and so there's many layers to the amount of help that that student is now going to get but i would start having some of those conversations with your colleagues to make sure that they know as well all right our next question is coming yep. from elise if you had a candy machine the kind where you put a quarter in and get a handful of skittles what would you use it for gosh elise this is the best question um i'm gonna <laughs> tell you right now i'd have googly eyeballs in it uh like or, the flat ones like the ones that you yeah little ones or i would just have like bubbles like these little bubbles that i get these like little wedding bubbles um that we could use or if it was candy it would oh gosh what would i do i don't i, I feel don't like reese i would go with some reese's pieces i feel like sour patch kids would be my jam but they would get stuck Hershey. junior mints would make a disastrous mess inside of a vending machine um hershey kisses no, that's just because that's what you eat all the time. And they're going to melt. No, the wrapped ones, not the little like individual chunks. ones, though. Not yeah. the baking chips that we that I eat. Yeah. That's a great question. Man, now I want to get a vending machine. I've uh, actually been thinking about Lopez that. Lopez said Mike and Ike's. I'm like, I go with Skittles. That I like be a great Skittles. thing to have in your classroom. One of the ones that has like the little like plastic egg thing in it. It looks, yes. it looks like an egg thing. And if kids do a good job, they get a token and you can get a treasure. I think that's awesome, right? And put them all in eggs, like the little, or you could probably even buy those little, uh, they weren't full eggs, but yeah. like the ones with just oh, like, you can yeah. get them on like uh, Oriental Trading yeah. or something like that, wish.com or something like that. One of those weird, wish.com is weird. Everybody place. now is thinking, how can I get one of those? Yeah. No, Facebook Marketplace is where I would go to look or antique stores. Yes, antique stores are awesome. Okay, Nick Grimes. Great, question. great uh, uh, profile picture there too. The lighting was awesome on that. I missed it. All right, Nick is up next asking, I'm the youngest teacher on my team. Most of the others are counting days to retirement and are very jaded. How do I stay positive when surrounded by so much negativity? So, man, this is the question of all time for everything, right? Uh, Nick, I think it is, you have to, do you have an answer for this? I'm curious what you have to say. I know what I'm going to say, but. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say my answer. Like okay. I'm not always, I don't know. I don't actually have a really great answer. Like I always tend to jump off. Take mean. mushrooms. I mean, no, like, I jump no. off mean, like, but then I don't know. All right. People that they're curmudgeons and I'm just would, doing you, it different. You, you just like, <laughs> I mean, just I, like I am kind of mean, face. like sometimes, but in a very loving way. I suck. <laughs> I wouldn't Your do that. This is horrible and it's not good for the children. Um, you, you, God. I'm just really direct. Right. And I look, I'm I home love, with my kids. I love art with that. We are the opposite <laughs> sides of the same coin sometimes. Oh goodness. It's the best. Um, Ignore so them. I would say, I mean, look, you can go, you can go, look, it's either the not so secret wife way or my way. My way is I would, I would picture myself as I need to be overflowing with positivity, optimism, goodness, joy. So I am pouring it into myself so that when the things happen, they're not taking as much away. And even if they take away, it's like, I'm overflowing anyway. Like this isn't even like, it's, it's, it's a drop. I in do the agree ocean. with that. Like you have to prep yourself to be able to handle people around you that are a pain yeah. or a downer or whatever people that you necessarily wouldn't have in your life or choose yeah. to have in your life that you have to deal with. And I don't have that. Like, I don't have a team that I have to work with. Like it's you yeah. and my kids. Um, and I can tell you direct what I feel and think, but uh, I do think that you really have to, even still with that, we have to prepare ourselves for the day ahead of ourselves. Uh, and I think that works really great. That's the best way to do it. And I, and I think when that happens, one of the things I do all the time is I just kind of like laugh when things are absurd. Yeah. So when someone does that, it's just like, oh my gosh, man, like really like if someone's just like, these kids, I can't stand them anymore. I hate working here. I have 59 days until retirement. And it's like, it's just going, oh man, all right. Like, and then I'm out of there. And then limiting my 
interactions with them. It is, I think when we go down, it's, it's almost like, especially when we get down when dealing with a coworker, it's harder when you're dealing with a spouse. We actually just had this conversation the other day, but like dealing with a spouse, that's so much more empathy. And it's hard because it's, it's, it's like their hearts attached to your heart. And so, but when you're dealing with people at work, it's, I say quick prayers for people all the time. I don't know what they went through. I don't know what their life is mm -hmm. like. It's like, man, that must really suck to feel that way about anything in your life. Um, and then it is my limiting the access that those folks have to my life, right? I love everyone, but that does not mean I, I owe you access. So I have literally in the last several years, I did this at school years and years ago, but in my own personal life, limited the interactions with anyone in my life that doesn't add to my life, right? Doesn't mean people can have bad days or bad moments or bad years. But um, for instance, if I, we don't hang out with anyone anymore that doesn't love each other. Like, I don't want to hang out with any married couple that is not in love. Like, and you can tell not, they don't have to be like all oh, kissing and hugging and stuff like that. Like, um, or, and, but it's like, do you love one another? Is that evident? Or is it like the old ball and chain? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like doing this kind of like, right. So you just like, have it crap. love and respect for each other. Yeah. It's clear. Um, I want to only be around that. I'd like to only be around people that are feel like they're trying to get after their best life if they're not even already living it now. So it's limiting those sorts of like interactions with people because of that. I say one thing that I did forget that you mentioned that it made me think of when you say like you say a little prayer for people. Yeah. I try and remind myself and tell myself like it's not even about a prayer, but I remind myself like they might be having a, a crap day. They might be having health issues. They might have a loved one that's hurting. They might have a kid who's sick. They might have some, they might just be having a hard day mentally in yep. their head, right? They might be, have health issues. Like you just don't really know what people's stories are and yes. what they're going through. So if you can keep that in the forefront of your mind when dealing with people and their negativity or nastiness, you kind of just twist it and turn it around and say, yeah. maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe it's like, they're so tired of the job. They're so yeah. worn out. This is such a hard job. I can see after 20 years, you're exhausted from it. Like it helps to just give a little bit of grace to deal with for you who have to deal and be in the same space yeah. with that. They person. are. It's hard though. Fighting a battle, you know, nothing. Right. About. But I think it's hard when all day long, they keep dinging at your positivity and your armor that you put on. So I think that's why it's so important to really fill yeah. yourself up. Let me say one more thing. Cause someone just popped in my mind. Um, a person I worked with that was in administration. I went to Vancouver with her. I don't want to say her name or her position. Mm -hmm. Um, but well, no one's going to know her last name, Heidi, right? Uh -huh. And Heidi was like, was known for kind of being curmudgeon even to her own, like she would say it about herself. I'm not just like <laughs> labeling people, but I worked with someone and it, I took great joy, Nick, in, uh, in like rattling her all the time. I would just like do That's dumb stuff. That's the humor part of you. You but like I knew twist I was it dealing with love. With, and she kind of yeah. hated that she liked it. Cho, the same thing. Yeah. Cho hated that she thought it was funny. Well, our my best she, friend, Jen, is like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> like you. they don't, certain people, when they don't like something or they're like, don't sit so close to me. Don't talk so much to me. Don't do this. I hate it when people do this. I immediately go do the thing because I just know, like, but if I know it's going to give them joy, um, ultimately, if I'm just, I'm not really interested in just pissing people off, but it's almost like sometimes their behavior is so preposterous that I'm like, oh, you don't like when the kids are loud in the hallway. So then I would just like do and I love that. I just have this year. It's like bust out the megaphone and start talking through this. And I'm, I'd be like, everyone keep it down. You know, Miss Cho doesn't like when it's loud in the hallway, let's keep it down. And then she's just like, you're being louder than the kids. I'm like, why don't, Oh, I was just trying to help you out. Like, but it's being preposterous. Yeah. But it's figuring out how to like flip it with, with those folks. You got to know if who not, you're dealing with. But, but if you don't, like, I just feel like it kind of can wear you down and then you end up in the same boat yeah. with them. And that's hard. So best of luck. What do you got? Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking. Take your time. Um, teaching with Mr. Hayes. This looks like it's a two-parter. So I have to find the other one. Uh, Ahoy from Australia. Long time since I've seen one of these live. Nice. Glad you made it. Um, 
might sound like a strange question, but did you ever worry that your teaching style was no longer going to gel with students? One of my biggest worries is that students are not going to embrace my lessons or gel with my style as I get older. Does staying in a school for too long impact um, impact that as well? I'm in my sixth year. This is a great question. Mr. Hayes, I'm also, I'm interested, what are these, what is this dessert looking material in your profile picture? Is, is that some- Australian. I'm wondering if it's like Australian. It's a uh, wafers. Kafupal. Remember, she sent mm -hmm. us like all these like goodies from Australia. Did she one time. send you Vegemite? Or no, maybe she, she did not send she you not. Vegemite. She I sent you I spared you. Yeah. yeah. It's the only thing people in America know from that Men at Work song is Vegemite. <laughs> it's the only thing about Australia that we know in regards to food. It's there's nothing else. Um, so I think no. My my short answer is no. Am I worried about it? No. Because I have, and I have a video actually coming out. It's at the editor right now um, about this idea that like, am I teaching in a way that I just like to teach or am I teaching in a way that is necessary for me to teach? And I think that different classes require different types of, of versions of me. There are versions of me that are wild. I mean, like we're going next level. Like, you know, your man might come in with like, wearing some kind of costumey thing or acting a certain way or do being completely out of pocket, right? As my students would say. Um, there's another version of me that can be really serious, that can be really caring, that can be really empathetic. So my teaching style is always based on who's in my classroom at any given moment. And so what I want to do is like, I know like my guy, Joe, um, who is a, one of my favorite students or uh, a lot hugs, who's the kid on the front of my book sitting in the desk hugs. Like, isn't like a, you know, you're not juggling fire and being like a clown in front of him. He's just like Reynolds too. You're doing, you're doing too much, but that's not what he needs. Right. I need to show up and, and I'm not trying to squash my authenticity or who I am, but I am showing up and caring for you, teaching you in the way that you need it. And we all have people like this in our lives, right? Like my wife is not like a, um, like a, like I'm going to be like razzmatazz all the time and like doing, I do that stuff. And she just tells me, can you please stop, stop my son too. Dad, stop. It's like, <laughs> I, I don't want to do this. And I'm just like, but I'm also up like three and a half hours before everyone else. I had, it two doesn't cups even of matter. That's literally just your personality, but it is. So there is some of that that you're going to get no matter what, cause you have me, but it's really trying to just teach the kids that are in front of you. And I think it's, when we explain to students why we're doing things the way that we're doing, right? I don't ever just do it because kids ask me every year, Reynolds, why are you so weird? And I go, <laughs> wait, let's stop. Let's pause, hit pause button on the, uh, on the assignment because I want to talk about this. Why am I so weird? Because I think that school ultimately sucks. I think it is incredibly boring. And the school model that we have in the United States, at least, and I mean, that that model exists in many other places in the world has been created to make workers for for factories and to go like and and not to like we're not trying to create thinkers we're not trying to create uh people that are are get up and go or create entrepreneurs or create like we are literally trying to create someone that like can just follow the rules sit down shut up and then go to work and put your hours in and so i think that in a system like that um, in schools like that, it's so unbelievably boring. That's not what I want for you. I know what I want for you. So here are here are my values. These are the things I'm working towards with you. And so I think that if I can like rattle this a little bit, what I'm trying to do is make a break in your day that just doesn't suck. And I'm not dogging anybody else in my school. I'm not dogging other. Well, there are certain teachers that I dog, but I do it on purpose. And they're because they're friends of mine. So like Mr. Rufo, who teaches math his class sucks all the time. And I would tell them like, <laughs> no, I would do it. and they're like, I'm going to tell them. I'm like, you should go tell them immediately. Yeah. Run on say your class sucks. Um, but there were, there were like, it was, I think that by and large school is just kind of lame. Like my school, like in West Philly, my students went to school from at one point we were in school. I think it was seven 30 or eight o'clock in the morning. It was eight in the morning till 5. PM right? With no breaks, a 20 minute lunch period, there were no recess, no going outside, not a break to go like play basketball Even or do anything. Even if it's anything. till four, that's eight hours no with a 20 minute breaks. break. 
just dumping into them, dumping into them, dumping into them. And then when you go out and do something fun, you get pulled in. How many times did I get pulled I in the office last year? I think it was like 32 times I got pulled into the office last year because I'm being distracting outside when I'm like, no, because this sucks. And what we're doing is actually educational. I'm not just having fun just for fun's sake. And I'm not even against that. But I think it's really like reminding students, having that conversation with them about why I'm doing things the way that I'm doing them. Um, and I think kids ultimately appreciate that. Most kids, some kids just want you to shut up and give them the worksheet. Uh, and to answer your question, Mr. Hayes said they are Monte Carlo um, best best biscuits ever. I love that other countries call cookies biscuits. Yeah. Because that's biscuits. not what a biscuit looks like. No. <laughs> You're doing oh, the thing. Funny. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got to fix that. There's not enough That's, space on this desk. Yeah, I know. We're going to fix All right. Too. Summer is up next asking, we have new admin who are really trying to turn things around and be uh, positive, but a lot of folks who have been at the school forever are so negative. How do you encourage uh, to be positive about change? I think it's the same way that we do it with students. I think you can lead a horse to water and you can't make it drink, but you can make it really thirsty. And so I want you to think of it like this, Summer. Um, I think maybe I used this, this analogy last week. If you go to, so my daughter was at a dance. My daughter went to her first dance the other day, seventh grade dance. It was, I, oh man, my dad heart was, oh man, I had to come home and have a drink. <laughs> um, she, uh, I saw videos and it starts off where there's two kids in the middle of the floor that are dancing. One is probably just the class con, the other kid could actually dance. And so they were just having the time of their lives. And then the right song comes on and it's, the norm is to stand around the outside and watch those people. It's weird. Everyone in the middle, everyone on the dance floor is weird. Um, until you build such a, a, it becomes so magnetizing that now when there's a larger group, you don't kind of have to be on 11. You can just be dancing and be on a four or five even, but you're just in the middle. And now I'm not on the edges. And what happens is if we can make fun, and positivity so attractive and we bring people in what we're going to do is then it's the people that are on the edges now now it looks weird that you're not being a part of this now now it looks weird that you're being the curmudgeon so how do we make positivity so loud summer i think it takes the cooperation of you you all the people that are willing to try the willing that are people willing to go with it are um the folks that you have to get to be so loud they have to be so on fire that they are just going to, it's, they're, it's contagious. And so it's going to make the folks that are on the edges, on the fringe, seem a little, it seems weird then. I'll tell you, I spoke in Nebraska, I don't know, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, uh, with Get Your Teach On. They do like these mini Get Your Teach On events. They get hired. It is incredible. I mean, their, their production level is bonkers. You walk into your school and all of a sudden there's balloon arches everywhere. There's places to take pictures, like these beautiful backdrops that they bring in. There's lights, there's music. It's like, it's friggin', it feels awesome. But there's folks in the school, I, you know, I could see them, right? That were like at a table that were just not having it. They just weren't going to, we, you could do damn near anything. We could have set our hair on fire and gave away <laughs> free money. And they would have been like, well, that was all right. I mean. I got $100. I would have liked $150. And the same thing happens in your classroom too, right? <clears throat> Choking on my own spit. Um, we can do damn near anything and kids like just aren't, they're just not that excited. So I think what are we doing then is I don't look at all the staff. I'm going to look at who can I affect and then I'm going to try and make this as contagious and as, and as attractive as possible. So let's just keep going out there and doing stuff. At the end of the day, like I said in the beginning of this live feed, that I'm not there for them. I am there for, and I, I think that their effect to pull the school down when you have the critical mass is going for it and we're feeling great and we're positive and we're exciting and we're energetic. Um, I don't think those curmudgeons are really bringing the school down that much anyway. I think that it's, it's, it, I, I, I just have found that like when we do stuff like that, when I've worked with my team at school like that, um, it's I, I'm not even noticing you anymore. And I, I do the same thing in class. Like there's going to be the handful of kids, two, three, four, five kids that don't want to do anything no matter what. And that's a different conversation, but I'm not building lessons for them. I'm not building experiences. If I were your admin, I wouldn't even be focusing on like the terminally negative people um, because they can't even be met with this kind of stuff. Anyway, the way I would meet them is 
what's going on with y'all? Like, are you like, and not like in a negative way. It's like, you have, there's something else happening there. Maybe, maybe home is so bad. Maybe there's a sick spouse. Maybe there's a sick kid. Maybe there's money trouble. Maybe there's, um, they just are so worn down by like the previous administration, the previous way that your school was run, that they're just so burnt that it's hard to go. You can't go from zero to 11. It's like, can we get y'all to a four? Can we get y'all to like, when I rate my life, I rate my life every day, um, zero to 10. And so a four is like, I have, I'm, I question everything. Why did I start this business? Why did I even teach? Why do we even get married? Like, um, those are, that's where you're at when you're at a four, a five is you at least have hope. Can we get folks to a five? So it's either we're just not paying attention, but I think the other answer is like, how can we meet you and help you notch up? Um, and if you really don't want it, then that's up to you. I'm not going to spend all my time and energy right here, but I do want to give you an opportunity to move the needle a little bit so that you can hopefully join us. Cause what we're doing, we just want to be great for kids. Don't you want to be great for kids also? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's where my head will go. What you got, buddy? Summer also is saying, uh, I can't wait to see CJ this summer at Dallas at the get. Oh, are you going this conference? Oh man. Yo. So y'all I'm going to be at in Dallas this summer in June for the get your teach on nationals conference. And it's going to be awesome. They announced that Jesse Itzler is going to be there, who I've read his books for a very long time and incredibly excited. The guy from Magic for Humans, the Netflix special is going to be there, which our kids, I told them that, their heads almost exploded. Oh, I didn't get to see like, that they reaction. think I'm going to be yeah. like hanging with that dude. So now I got to figure out a way to hang with that dude. But, <laughs> um, you know, do a little razzle dazzle. But um, yeah, get your teach on is, man, if you can get your school to pay for that thing, it is well, you will feel like you're floating on air when you leave. It is it is for what it is. I, I won't say it's the best teacher conference I've ever gone to because I think Teach Better is right there also. But I think Teach Better, which is in Akron, Ohio, this October, and then um, get your teach on. They're two way different experiences. Um, both are great. Teach Better is like you're hanging out with your closest friends and family that you love, and they're super great, and you just you just vibe with them, and it's awesome. And you could do that anywhere. You could be like in someone's backyard and it's amazing. Get your teach on is like, it's so I'm with it's impressive. 6,000 of my favorite people that I never met in my life at Disney world. It's, it's ridiculous. It's awesome. So dude, I, that is awesome. I really look forward to meeting you in person. Awesome. That was a whole commercial for uh get your teach on and <laughs> teach better, which I, I don't, I don't get paid for that. Go All ahead. right. Next question. How do you weigh up when I like when you can't say I someone's know. name, you just skip <laughs> over it. Did, come on, we got two vowels in there. O and a Y. I don't, I don't know what that does. Go ahead. And then an A. There's more vowels than there are yes. consonants. Well, really floating around there. Right really. Go ahead. Doing me for a number. Okay. Question: How do you weigh up when to vent with other staff about adminy things that are and could ne- negatively affect students when you don't want to be undermining and making staff more negative? I think it's having it's mm-hmm. it's no it's going at it with your intentions. Right. So how are you? It is saying to folks, look, if there's like, you know, when people say like, not to be mean, but, or um, like, if someone's like, I'm not trying to be racist, but, and it's like, bro, we already know the next thing you're going to say is going to be inappropriate. Right. But what I'm saying is it's doing it and knowing in your heart that where your motives come from. So it's having those conversations and I've had to do them a lot in the last two years of teaching. Oh my gosh. Like every day, listening to other people, talking to other people. Um, my guy, uh, this guy, Mr. Casey, I worked with uh, in West Philly, who's one of, he's like one of the best people I've ever worked with just in terms of like who he is as a human being. But I remember we had, he set up a meeting last year uh, to kind of talk about current state of the school and administration and stuff like that told the administration that we were going to have the meeting, asked them not to come so that it was a safe space for people to explore like what they were feeling and thinking, and then let them know in the front end, look, we're not here to just complain. This isn't just like a bitching session. This is us having a moment where we're sharing stuff. And then we want to talk about what could we do to make this better to how could we rectify this so that, because we know where we want the school to be. How do we get closer to that? And so it's having conversations in that sort of way where like, 
look, I'm not just complaining just to complain. I'm just, I, what I want is my, my driver is I want students to have the best possible experience here. But I'll be honest with you. I, I mean, and this is a whole nother conversation. I don't think kids should be the number one thing to administrators at schools because um, kids come and go. I think teachers should be number one because once you empower teachers, then it's game on. Then it's like admin doesn't even have to. It's like you damn near don't have to do anything because teachers are excited to come to school today. They're so empowered to come to school today. They're so excited about everything that's happening and the relationships and their connection with everyone that it's empowering those teachers. And how can we do that? It's going to be having to have real conversations. I mean, my the name of my YouTube channel, Real Rap with Reynolds, comes from students knowing that they could have a real conversation with me. That kids will come into my room back at my desk during lunch and say, yo, can everyone else like back up? I need to have real rap with Reynolds. And so that that's where that channel came from. So it's I, I think you are only as successful in anything in your life. Right. This is important. Everything in your life that you are going to be successful at is really predicated not on your hard work, not on your discipline, not on your what you to grind it out. It's on your ability to have difficult conversations. The only reason I am still with my wife after 27 years of madness is we have learned how to have difficult conversations successfully. Does that mean that we don't hurt each other's feelings, that it doesn't go awry sometimes, that you know, things don't get out of pocket? It, it, no, but it means that we've learned that like how, did, how we need to be able to do this, how one another likes to be talked to and answered to and, and thought about. Um, so it's, it's that, it's that piece. So saying difficult stuff that might not be positive, fine. We just have to know why we're doing it. And, and, and really sometimes telling people on the front end, look, I'm not interested in just talking trash. I'm interested in, in, in us winning and students winning and our school being the greatest place it could possibly be. So that's why I'm going to bring this stuff up. And I think that changes. Um, you know, we must be trending on Twitch when we get like a hi. I want to offer promotions to your channel. Oh, uh, thanks. <laughs> weird comment. Even though we're not gaming right now. No, we're not. Okay. Our next question, and we'll probably end on this one, is from Coretta. How do you view filing a grievance on an administrator? I have never gone that route, but I'm at my wit, wit ends with my co-teacher who is borderline bullying me. My principal isn't hearing then me. do it. I think it's 100% the way that you should do it. Um, Coretta, I, I just, I've had, I've probably told this story before it's bears telling again, I used to work with a guy that, um, would sleep in the back His co-teacher. I, well, I had, I had many great co-teachers in one year. One woman lasted a day. Uh, she slept through my class the whole day. Um, I'm pretty sure she was on drugs. Uh, and I'm not just saying that, like really there was something else going on with her. And I don't know if they were prescribed or otherwise, but like she was knocked out on the couch the whole day. Um, and I saw her fall asleep in professional development the week before school, but, um, she left, they hired someone else. They quit after half a year. Then they hired this other guy who came in and was horrible with students. Like he would sleep in the back of my room, snore. Um, the, he would, if you woke up and the kids were laughing at him, he would, he once kicked the kid, he would yell at the kids. He didn't, he was, I mean, the worst, he, it was like a scene from a movie. I got so fed up with how he was doing what he was doing that, um, I just walked out of class one day and I went to the head of curriculum and I said, I will, he was, who was having a meeting with the principal. I said, here's what's happening in my class right now. I am not going back in that class. I, I'll still work here, but I will just, re I refuse to work with this individual anymore. Because if what we're trying to do is help students succeed and the two adults in the room aren't the example of what we want from kids. So we're not finding a way to work out our differences. We're not happy to work with one another. We're not working hard. We're not being nice. Like all the values that we want students to have, then then we're doing the opposite. Then we're, we are self, we are showing kids how not, how you shouldn't be doing this. And we're normalizing this sort of behavior. So what would you want your students to do in this, in this situation, Coretta, right? You would want them to stand up for themselves, to do the hard thing. And, and look, I, I say this without knowing your full thing. I, I, we've never spoken about this, but I think it is absolutely making the move because I think what that's going to do too, and 
let me go a little bit out on this, right? And, and, and so I might piss somebody else off of this, but who cares? Um, oh, we're already there. I have worked with en- enough women who have gotten, who have not been given the promotion, not gotten the raise, um, not been listened to with, there's no other explanation, but it was because they were a woman, right? Like I could, there was no other thing. Like, so it's not that like, even the women I worked with, like just jumped to the, like, this is because I'm a woman. It was like, and there's nothing wrong with that either. Right. It's like, let's have the conversation, but that it was like, man, this doesn't even add up. Like you're not even getting the help. And so it's, I've just seen that happen enough that I'm wondering this. Are there other people in your school that are having a hard time that are having situations that have had a similar situation from this or, or their own, their own moment where they felt like they weren't being supported. They weren't being backed up um, and they weren't being helped. And is you doing this potentially a, a, a sign of like, no, this is how we do it. This is what self-care looks like in real life. It's not Netflix and, and a bottle and a bottle of wine at the end of night. It, it, it is, it is really caring for yourself. It's t- showing your students that like, whether they know about it or not, they're, they're being taught by someone that stands up for themselves and is willing to do the uncomfortable thing to, to make sure that they're being treated like a human being, like that, whether it's borderline bullying or bullying, what it's just you know, something you're dealing with nonsense. I don't, I'm not, I'm not suffering someone else's bullshit so that I can survive the school year. Right. I'm trying to thrive here as an educator. So if I do have to bring it up to someone and, and, and have that, that process happen a hundred percent, man, you should absolutely go to human resources or whoever you have to go to, um, to at least talk, whether that's officially filing an agreement or at least putting someone on notice and having that conversation to get that thing started and seeing what your options are, what you should do. I would absolutely go do that. You are important enough to make that happen. And as everyone is. I didn't see that there was a continued part. She said, I've heard um, people look at you different once you file, I guess, the grievance, but my peace of mind is important and we can't can't transfer it until May for next year. I will most definitely be at another school in August. So, yeah. And and so people may look at you different, but this is the part, Coretta, where I think self, actual real self-care comes into play so much. To me, I want to walk in confidence that I what I did was so right that I don't care what any of y'all think about me, right? Like when I ha- have had like I had a moment last year where I I the, oh man, here's a whole story that I'm not going to go into the whole things. I'm not trying to lead on or or bait you or anything, but like I yelled at an administrator because the way something was handled um, or the lack of how something was handled, a student got so injured. Um, because we did not have something in, we didn't not have a system in place that I asked about literally 50 times that year. And I wasn't the only one that when something happened, someone got hurt. Like what, what, what are we doing? Like, and so, um, I had this argument that led to me yelling at an administrator, which I'm not proud of, but, but it just had gotten to that place that, I knew that folks, like I looked a little bit unhinged in, in the moment. Um, I just don't care because I, what I'm doing is I just, I, student safety is like, should be, it's why are we even talking about it? It should be so, such a given that, that our kids are safe, that I'm not concerned about what anyone thinks of me because this is how I roll. That me as a human being, you being treated right is should it's like that we're even having to talk about this is so dumb because it should just be a given, right? So what you're doing, whenever we make a difficult decision, it's literally filling ourselves up so that we know. It's it's really knowing that we sat with it, that we prayed about it, that we talked about it, that we figured it out, and that we knew that this was the only course of action that could be taken. And then taking that course of action and knowing that I am confident in what I just did because this is how... like. It's, it's, I can't think of it like, like I'm a mope, right? Like, man, I really wish I didn't have to do this. What? This is what we do. This is what I want my students to do. This is what I want my children to do. Walk tall. 
put your head up, like pick your chin up, put your shoulders back and walk into it. Like you're a boss. And when someone's not treating you like a boss, then remind them who you are. And, and so I think sometimes that's what we have to do. Cause ultimately, again, it's not always just about me, but it's what would I want my students to do? I'd want my students to do the same damn thing as me there. So that's what I would say. All right. We can good. End there. That's, yep. All right. It's five, 5 PM, man, this is weird. I feel like the sun's getting ready to go down and we're just getting done. It's crazy. So um, there weren't any announcements this week, right? We're not doing anything just, going on. Well, just our typical, like the uh, real world mini PD. That goes yeah. On Tomorrow level. morning, uh, 11 a.m. It's supposed to come out. Real world mini PD. It's just like little things I'm doing. Um, also, I'm going to make a video on this. It's going to be late Tuesday, y'all. If you haven't done it, is National Cereal Day here in the United States of America. I am known for having cereal parties in my classroom. I wrote about it all in my book, Teacher Class Off, that um, we would have mini cereal parties because I just think that pizza parties are what everyone has. So we have cereal with the nutri least nutritional value and we eat it together in class. Um, just be careful of those peanut allergies and, uh, and make sure you get some silk milk or almond milk or something for the lactose intolerant kids. But um, I'm going to make a video this week on how I do them and how I take them up a level and make it uh, something that's memorable and exciting for everyone. Um, and yeah, if you need anything else, look, the Facebook group is a really great place to go. Uh, we have the we have the best teacher Facebook group on the internet. I got, I, I don't think anybody else has something better. And uh, you can just go over there. It's only for educators. There's not like, um, which is like administrators also, but there's no businesses in there trying to sell you anything except for us occasionally. But um, on anything else, go right over to realwrapwithreynolds.com. And anything else, wife? No. What are you laughing at? I'm laughing that someone corrected my uh, an error, a grammatical error, and I just laughed at it. I always have a ton of them because, you know. When I, here's a quick teacher tip. Whenever I, I kids found grammatical errors, like in a test or a quiz or on the board oh, I did or something, that on purpose. You I, go, I go, oh, you got the point. You got the prize. I make believe that I did it on purpose. <laughs> Orange Poppy, you are the winner. Yeah. <laughs> You win cereal. Um, I don't I don't know if that's true. Maybe I just shot myself. Anyway, <laughs> gang, we will see you next week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And thank you so much for being here. That's it. Peace. Peace.